Getting the smile and confidence you've been dreaming about all from the comfort of your home isn't a total mystery with Bite Clear Aligners. Just don't be surprised if all your friends start asking, what's your secret? Begin by ordering your at-home impression kit today for only $14.95. Bite Clear Aligners are doctor-directed and delivered to your door. Treatment costs thousands less than braces, plus they offer flexible financing, accept eligible insurance, and you can pay with your HSA FSA. Get 80% off your impression kit when you use code WONDERY at Byte.com. That's B-Y-T-E dot Start your confidence journey today with Byte. Hello, everybody. I'm Lou Dobbs, and this is The Great America Show. Great to have you with us on this great, beautiful day in America. Never mind that here on the farm in this undisclosed location, pretty much, we have a forecast this evening of thunderstorms and considerable rain as the seasons are readying for their annual handoff from summer to autumn, a wondrous, brilliant season that is always a feast for the eyes with stiffening breezes that get us all ready for the onset of noticeably colder weather. There was once a seasonality to our national politics as well, remember? But as you've no doubt noticed, that seasonality has yielded to unrelenting, tumultuous constancy of the unexpected. Political events and news that never stop and instead churn through our media year-round grab our attention, grab our consciousness, if even for seconds only. Politics are now a year-round affair. And speaking of now, this moment is illustrative of the ever-present political chaos that goes on from January through December. No breaks, no ends, only infrequent lulls and perhaps pauses that don't last long at all. Our politics never end, certainly not with elections, and there would be no obvious beginnings or ends if it were not for the time chart called a calendar. And there is that one day that comes around every two years. It is, of course, Election Day, and that date this year is November 8. More of a division. Everything before it now is Campaign 2022, and everything after it is Campaign 2024. As the calendar rolls on, one political storm after another, no seasons, only event after event, incident after incident. Modern politics, Marxist style. Little could be more exemplary of the Marxist Dems and their deep state thuggery than the arrest for a second time of President Trump's former chief strategist and presidential assistant Steve Bannon. Bannon, now a hugely successful podcast host of Steve Bannon's War Room, defiantly yelled out as he was being arrested for money laundering and conspiracy in the private Build the Wall project. This was one, he said, of the best days of his life. Typical of left-wing web comments was this projection claiming that Bannon was, quote, just employing the Trump strategy of committing crimes in broad daylight and then when caught claiming it's a political witch hunt and the cultists on the far right buy it every time. In quote, talk about projection from the left. The left-wing commentator, blissfully unaware that Trump has never committed wrongdoing, exonerated in two impeachments, a two-year special counsel probe, and more than three years of FBI investigation. And I should add, frame-ups and conspiracy over more than six years now. But the Marxist Dems keep up their disinformation campaigns relentlessly against you, me, all our fellow citizens. Our votes and an honest count 
are all that stand between us, this great republic, and then an unprecedented national catastrophe. Be sure you vote. Be sure you're engaged. Please, for all our sakes. The FBI is chasing down as many as 50 top MAGA Republicans. We don't know why or what they're doing. But that's hardly new, is it? This is what we've come to expect of this Gestapo-like FBI that serves only the Marxist Dems. Our guest today leads one of the most important watchdog groups in Washington, D.C. Our guest is Tom Fitton, president of Judicial Watch, one of the keenest observers of both our body politic and this horrifically corrupt federal government. And now, here is Tom Fitton. Tom, great to have you with us on The Great America Show. As always, thanks for being with us. Lou, it's good to be with you again. Thank you. And congratulations again on a timely and focused lawsuit, Judicial Watch filing another FOA lawsuit against the National Archives. Uh, this is a remarkable, I, I'd like to know, first of all, have you all ever uh, filed a FOIA against the National Archives? Oh, yes. The Archives okay. is famous for hiding documents and stalling the release of records. I think we may still be in court against them over Clinton documents. <laughs> the Clinton documents, uh, the, you're referring to the audio tapes, right? No, I'm actually referring to just Bill Clinton's, well, records from way back when, but uh, you raise another interesting thing. I mean, you know, we asked about the Clinton, Ar what the National Archives was doing back in February. Of course, they've been stalling. So, you know, we rushed to court to find out what happened. And, you know, because we know something's up, because as you mentioned, our experience with Clinton records, specifically 70 plus tapes he kept in his sock tour that had recordings of him having phone conversations with foreign leaders and members of Congress and such. And, uh, you know, we went and we saw that. We saw public reports about it. So, well, let's go get them, right? And isn't it covered? By, aren't these presidential records? So, we took the position everyone's taken with respect to Trump, right? You can't have all those records. They're ours. And we go and sue. And the archives, the Justice Department, and a court told us to go jump in a lake. But the <laughs> president has discretion to take records with him when he leaves. You can't second guess his decision making. And presumptively, if he has records when he leaves, they're his. Isn't, that, so re when it, Isn't that remarkable? Isn't that remarkable? So when it popped up earlier this year that the archives was in this battle with Trump about so-called presidential records, I, you know, I got a little upset because we had lost making that exact same <laughs> argument. And the archives had told us just the opposite when it came to Bill Clinton. So they're lying to the courts, they're lying to the people, their prior legal position had been, and the court position had been, these are not anyone's records but, uh, but President Trump's. He had a right to them, they're presumptively personal, and the archives has no business uh, demanding anything from him. And that, to me, is a basis to turn back everything they took from him back to him. And I mean everything. And the... The cover-up here is for real, isn't it? I, I mean, the you, you think of the National Archives, and you think of, of a bunch of folks in dusty rooms, uh, barely lit, uh, walking around with uh, books and documents in their arms, uh, naive and indifferent to all that is happening outside the walls of the National Archives. 
these people are as politically motivated as anyone in the, any corrupt agency in the government, it appears. Now, when you see them change their position with respect to uh, Donald Trump uh, while taking a different position with respect to Bill Clinton, for instance, Clinton still has these tapes, right? Right. You know, when a president talks to a foreign leader, that conversation is presumptively classified. Why aren't they going to raid his home? Uh, and we could talk about Hillary, and that's a whole other kettle of fish. But uh, it it is so obviously political, and you know, and I don't want to get bogged down too much in the in the question about the legality of whose records these are, because we know, you know, and you know this, Lou. This is if it wasn't going to be about the records, it was going to be about some other pretext, and uh, so the records were the pretext. And if it wasn't the records, it would have been January sixth or. You know, something about his fundraising. I guess they're looking into his fundraising now. The harassment is is um, uh, without precedent. And the idea that you would be raiding a president's home uh, based on slim reads such as this suggests that uh, they were just out to get him. It didn't really matter what the facts in the law were. We've now entered the seventh, the seventh year of the political persecution by the Marxist Dems and the deep state of Donald J. Trump. Yep. We are now in the seventh year, and he has not even been found guilty or, or, or even a charge that made any sense of even a speeding ticket. At what point is the evidence so overwhelming that we are dealing with a corrupt FBI, a corrupt Department of Justice, a political party and the Marxist Dems that are absolutely evil and intent on destroying this man, his family, and his future? Well, there's a core group that understands that here in Washington and presumably here in Congress. Uh, but the leadership of Congress of both parties obviously uh, doesn't buy that. And until we have a different approach in Congress, and it might be have to, you know, it has to be spurred on by the people. I mean, if this is important to your listeners, they need to let their members of Congress know you can't ignore this anymore. And, you know, and Congress needs to reform, restructure, defund, tear apart, build back up, whatever they need to do to clean up those two agencies. Because right now they're, they're fundamental threats uh, to the rule of law. They're antagonistic to it. And, uh, their political operations that sometimes do law enforcement, but chiefly are political operations. And that's dangerous to have a law enforcement agency that's there to uh, pursue the whims of politicians against their political enemies. That way lies the end of the Republic. The Republic's end seems to be considerably closer than I would have ever imagined. I don't know how distant it is or how near, but I do know that when when we are dependent upon the American people stiffening the backbones of otherwise uh, craven uh, and cowardly representatives of the people in both the Congress and the Senate, uh, the republic's end has to be near, does it not? Well, you know, our founders have warned us that, you know, a republican form of government is, is, is not just self-sustaining. There has to be work and vigilance and protection of it. And, you know, the current political leadership here in Washington, D.C. 
uh, don't care that much about the superstructure of our Republican form of government, where you have the president attacking the presidency, you have Congress attacking the presidency, you have Congress attacking Congress, you have Congress attacking the Supreme Court, you have this, uh, you have many courts uh, trying to insert themselves into legislative matters. So, you know, <laughs> so our Republican form of government, the Republic is tottering and, you know, it's, it certainly can be straightened, uh, but we have to understand what the problems are, what the challenges are and confront them directly. You know, I don't know how many people are students of American history, but from from Washington on, uh, as we became that constitutional republic, uh, we our, our 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 second and our third presidents, uh, John Adams uh, and Thomas Jefferson, were fighting over the very same issues that we are fighting here today, and they were ugly fights, weren't they? I mean, we're talking about whether or not federalism uh, will prevail whether or not states' rights will have the powers that Thomas Jefferson, uh, to every fiber of his being, believed they should have. And it is in the DNA of both the, the, the Declaration of Independence and the Constitution. How can we persist in this, in this uh, folly in which we centralize further and further the power uh, of the federal government and make what was once an imperial presidency, an imperious president. Right. And um, on top of that, you have, you know, Congress allowing this to happen as well. And, uh, you know, Congress, for better, for worse, in, in, a, in our form of government is a preeminent branch of government. So it needs to be uh, reformed and restored, uh, also constrained as well. Uh, Per the Constitution, so there are several challenges, and you know the positive, um, the glass half uh, full approach is that it doesn't take a lot of new leadership in order to change things dramatically. We saw that with President Trump, uh, you know, outside of the of of the you know the outrageous attacks on him, and you know all all the bric-a-brac he got into with um, uh, the establishment here. He had substantial policy changes that restrain government in ways that, you know, no other Republican has been able to do. And, you know, that was because you had one person in the right position. So, you know, imagine if you had one person in the right position in the presidency, one person in the right position in the speaker, in the speaker, in the speaker of the House. Same for the majority leader in, in the Senate. Uh, you could have a very different government. Uh, and so, um, that's both frustrating because you know it's so close, right? In terms of, well, that's possible. Uh, but also, you know, I'm hopeful that, um, you know, things can turn around relatively quickly if we have a change in leadership. There was no con consequence. And I'll tell you why I take the glass half empty view as you would style it. <laughs> and, and that is that we watched an election stolen by the Marxist Dems. We have watched a, a Republican party do very little to change the outcome uh, is uh, to avoid a replication of 2020 and 2022. I, I'm, I'm deeply concerned about the integrity of the electoral system. Uh, we're dealing with uh, electronic voting machines that uh, we see, you know, 92%, by the way, 
Three companies control 92% of all of the uh, vote counting for 92% of the voters. I mean, that's, and by the way, those are private companies. These are not, these are not public companies and they are not transparent companies. And whether they are well-meaning or, or otherwise, we don't know what's happening. The American people have no idea what is happening with electronic voting in this country right now. And by the way, neither does the news media and neither does the Justice Department and neither does the Attorney General. Uh, the former Attorney General, William Barr, who famously said that the election, they had seen no uh, no significant uh, voter fraud. I, I mean, let's let's talk about Bill Barr. What is his role in all of this? Suddenly he is on television every day, principally Fox, screaming about Donald Trump, saying he's going to be indicted, hopes he isn't, but then gives all the reasons why he should be. Uh, he is saying basically that Trump uh, deserved what he got with a raid on Mar-a-Lago because he was, quote unquote, jerking around the DOJ. This man is off his tethers. Well, you know, it's it's unfortunately typical of the uh, the former attorney general, which is kind of having a kind of a uh, prejudiced view of the law and the situation, thinks he knows everything, and then makes judgments based on that. It was that it was my view that was his approach to the election fraud issue. He had a general view the Justice Department should get involved in this, and so you know he just believed what he read in the newspapers. Did little you know they he tasked people to do little investigation beyond again reading newspapers it looked like to me and that was the end of it and in this case he's completely wrong on trump's uh rights under the law here with respect to the documents i explained it to you uh and to me this is like an ignorant statement uh and i don't mean he's being malicious about it it's just that he just he doesn't know and i well, but on the other hand he has a duty to figure it out and here there's a significant issue. Let's 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 again, let's let's be let's be nice and charitable. There's a dispute about the records. Whose records are they and whether the president has uh, President Trump had a right to have them personally because of his role as president and his abilities under the president presidential records act to designate material personal and the justice department's prior position that if he had them after he left office they were presumptively personal. Now, do you think that's a, that that dispute provides a good faith basis for a criminal raid if the Justice Department changes its mind, or Bill Barr thinks he shouldn't have it? Of course not. Well, the fact that they're even contemplating an indictment is an indictment of the Justice Department. Yeah. Well, Lord knows that many other indictments should be forthcoming against the Justice Department and against the FBI. Barr looks to me like he's the man leading much of the the criminality that we're witnessing now. When he was uh, attorney general, let's remember, you know, he's the one who refused to warn the American people about the lies that Joe Biden was telling uh, in the second debate, both about the laptop, about Russian disinformation, about his son's business dealings. He knew they were all a lie. And he said he didn't want to intervene. But while he said he didn't want to intervene, he was intervening by sending out FBI agents pushing the Russian disinformation story which he acknowledges, even as he says he knows Biden is lying, he then also knew that he was lying in perpetuating the lies about disinformation from 51 veterans of the intelligence community. 
He had had the laptop and knew its contents since uh, the beginning of 2019. They spied on President Trump, but he never did a thing about it, did he? That's me well, being nice and polite. Yeah, I mean, he appointed Durham. He didn't really even need to even need to appoint Durham. Uh, but, you know, it's the go slow institutional. By the way, if it, what would be the difference where we are today? Right. Then uh, if he hadn't appointed a special counsel. There's one place where we there's one place we wouldn't be. We wouldn't see Michael Sussman exonerated and uh, free and clear of lying to the FBI after all. Would we? No, and Danchenko, who was supposed to be tried in October, it looks like they're going to take the same approach. Where, oh, this poor, this poor Clinton Russia ap- operative <laughs> fooled the FBI. Who are they kidding? And no jury's going to buy that. So I fear it's going to be again Durham going in, uh, accusing people in Clinton world of trying to fool the FBI, while the FBI, of course, knows exactly what was happening, knows who they were dealing with. In fact, with Clinton, they were her partners, and a jury sees right through that. And uh, we'll not, see. Not, not in Washington, D.C., Tom, not in Washington, D.C., they don't see through it. Uh, well, they, they, there's they, no way you could get a conviction of a Democrat in Washington, D.C. if no, you're like I mean, dependent Sus- on it. You know, my, my view is Sussman was let off because he was seen as a as a patsy he was not the real guy that that should have been up there and they thought well why why you're going to expect me to believe that the top lawyer for the democratic party one of the top lawyers for democratic party and hillary clinton's campaign goes into the fbi and the fbi's top lawyer and people around him quote aren't sure you know who he worked for who are they kidding well, you know, they're kidding us. And you know what? Because we're so eagerly kidded. Uh, it's, there comes a point where you have to ask this question. Are most of the people in this country really this stupid? I mean, seriously. We, well, look, I, I know that we've been watching uh, male fertility uh, levels drop for the last three generations by almost half each generation. But at some point, can we find a bottom here where we can say we at least have the the strength, the intelligence to look at what is and not pretend uh, what is reality and actually do something? Because I don't I don't I'm not entirely hopeful here, to be honest. The voters tend to think of pox upon both their houses. But on the other hand, the country is also very much split. So I don't think all the voters don't understand the corruption issue. I think more should, but a good number still do. And the challenge we have, as you point out, is that we don't have the leadership here to take them on. You know, I'm concerned about corruption. You're concerned about corruption, Lou. What leaders in Washington reflect those concerns these days? No one. Well, I believe Jim Jordan uh, does. Uh, I believe. James Colmer does. Uh, I, I believe, uh, you know, I, honestly, I believe Ron Johnson does. I believe that uh, uh, Chuck uh, Grassley does. What I don't, uh, it, Tommy Tuberville well, The does. exceptions I prove mean, the rule, though, don't they? Don't the exceptions prove the rule? Well, I, well, if the question is, do I think there are more people that are as concerned as you and I are? Uh, no, 
I don't think there are as many uh, in Congress as there should be or the or the or the Senate. But I think that there's another thing we look at, and that is who in the hell do people think Mitch McConnell is? Do they think he's some sort of uh, affable, uh, avuncular uh, figure from Kentucky who uh, really is just a good old American and can, is concerned about the great republic? Does you think? Do you think anybody in their right mind would think that of this uh, this facile uh, swamp creature? Well, Mitch McConnell has fifty people he needs to worry about, and they're all in the Senate. He doesn't need to worry about persuading voters, and that's the challenge: is that if if an, if an election were held today in the Republican caucus, he'd be leader again. And uh, the challenge for us is that McConnell represents too many Republicans uh, in the Senate. I mean, you see that core group of 17 that have voted, including McConnell, for some of Biden's big government spending and, and socialism. Yeah. Um, you know, that's that's a group that has a significant sway. And uh, the numbers, you know, uh, let's hope I don't know how the election is going to turn out one way or another. I just hope there are more conservatives in Congress. Yeah, and they're in a position to do more good, or uh, or to do good, <laughs> just to begin with. So we'll see. Well, let, let's you know, let's talk about Donald Trump. What what does he do here? This is I, I truly believe that this was, as a number of people have opined, uh, the Mar-a-Lago raid by the FBI and DOJ. I do believe it was an attempt to to grab evidence that they believed that Donald Trump had in his possession. That would have been very incriminating to both the FBI, the Department of Justice, uh, from the Russian collusion hoax uh, investigations going back to actually 2016, uh, July of 2016. Yeah, but, I, I agree with you there. Yeah, and and now what? What is Trump to do? He obviously has seen the records and knows what the records are that he declassified about crossfire hurricane uh the origins of the collusion hoax why what is to stop him from simply saying taking those documents and throwing them out the window and saying here the truth will set you free uh because they the deep state and the marxist dems did everything they could to suppress that those records despite a presidential order to uh release them uh, what should he do well, he doesn't have them now. You know, hopefully he can get them back and then potentially release them. Um, Are you uh, sure of that? Are you we, sure of that? Well, I don't know what he had. You, you know, if if indeed they took those records from him, he doesn't have them now. I mean, I would take the position if I were him. These are all my personal records. I want them back. They're declassified. I kept them as personal records, and they're mine to do with as I choose. Now, what we did separately, because we saw that they had been supposedly, uh, uh, you know, they, they had been declassified by President Trump. We said they've been declassified. Where are they, DOJ? We want them. And, of course, they ignored us, so we sued in court. So we're trying to push it on both ends here. You know, that's, that's what I love about Judicial Watch. I know I'm the president, so I'm supposed to love Judicial Watch. But as a citizen, what I love about Judicial Watch is and you and I are talking about all this. It's like, well, what can we do? Well, we can go sue for the records, right? And we do. You know, we, we just don't try to complain. You know, it's not just complaining about it and commenting on it. 
is that judicial watch you know I'll, I'll, like i hear what you say and it's like well maybe there's something else we can do and then we go ahead and do it legally and that's just the great thing and the great thing still about this country is that we're at least able to go in and get some accountability however um insufficient sometimes it is but it's it's better than what we would have had if we didn't go in and sue that's for sure well i agree with you and uh I, and and i'm not even in the employee of a judicial watch and i believe that the that all the service you do for this nation is is first of all is immense and appreciated but i also believe that we have we are now at a point where the crisis is upon us the the issues are exigenous and existential uh i wish i could think of another x word to put it right. alliteratively uh but the reality is we're in a crisis not the crisis that uh that joe biden has uh, declared uh based on uh, you know the the 2019 emergency order of uh, the of president trump i mean this is the very existence of this government this system of government it's at hand and i i just get no sense of urgency whatsoever uh from the republicans or the democrats frankly well, the Republicans, uh, I mean, the, the Democrats know what they want to do. I mean, they, you know, I've always I've been observing that the Democrat Party is now kind of torn between the communists and the corrupt corporatists. And with the last few weeks, the communists have been winning, at least rhetorically. And frankly, you know, when you have the president of the United States talk about, you know, his political enemies being enemies of democracy and, and basically outside the protection of the you know, outside the outside the wall, right? Yep. Uh, it, it and then he raids his opponents. You know, and concurrently he's raiding his president, the president's home, President Trump's home. And then Stephen Bannon gets indicted, and they're trying to prosecute state officials who dare to dispute the Biden election. I tell you, you know, what must foreign leaders be thinking about us? I mean, they they see. Wait, the president raided the president that the other president's home. They're trying to prosecute him. They're going after all of his aides and people who supported him in the states. You know, they recognize what's going on. I'm sure. I fear, as you point out, Lou, is that we don't recognize what's going on. Right. The exactly. republic is slipping away, and we're hurtling towards despotism. And we know what. Xi Jinping is thinking, I believe, and I think it's a you know uh, always in the in the Chinese propaganda papers uh, it, it, when they talk about taking Taiwan when they mean to invade Taiwan, uh, I, I, they're going to challenge us sure as sure as shooting to use an expression, I think very soon because they're watching a a feeble, impaired uh, puppet of a president. And their only question right now is what what does the Marxist cabal that manages the Democrat Party and, and this presidency, uh, what do they do if we take steps, aggressive steps to secure Taiwan uh, and to expand our influence across the Indo-Pacific region? Uh, I, I think it's an open question and I think it's a scary answer. Well, um, and. You have a bunch of adjectives to describe Biden, but one you missed is he's compromised. He's compromised because of his family's business relationships that are corrupt with China. So 
again, the Chinese know he's on their payroll, however indirectly. Here in D.C., we're supposed to all pretend that's not an issue. And of course it's an issue. You know, and my concern with either with respect to Russia or with China, it's always we don't want Russia to lose. We don't want them to win, but we don't want them to lose. I guarantee you that's going to be the same approach with China. We don't want China to win, but we don't want them to lose. Yeah. And uh, I don't know about you, Lou, but, um, you know, pick one or the other. Uh, you know, either you're in or you're out. And uh, this sort of straddling the line gets our people killed unnecessarily and puts our treasure at risk for no good end. Yeah. And I, you know, I really, I misspoke earlier when I said it's not clear exactly who's in that cabal. Uh, we do have some of the names and we have one prominent name. Uh, and that person at the, at the White House this week, uh, to, with his wife to look at their pretty pictures in the White House. <laughs> Barack Obama is without question in charge. And if anybody doubts that, uh, they're just not paying attention. You know, we're, we're seeing the reports now. Barack Obama is going to be out in this midterm election campaigning with the Senate candidates, uh, with some of the House candidates. Uh, no Biden will be president. It will be Barack Obama. And anyone who doubts that this is the third term of President Barack Obama. They have sorely, sorely missed a a cascade of evidence over the first uh, 20 months, uh, just about 19 months, actually, of this administration. Don't you think? I think he has an influence that no one wants to look at, that's for sure. Um, I think one kind of fun fact is... uh, he lives here in Washington, D.C. still. And it's the first time a former president has stayed and lived in Washington uh, in a century. And what, what the heck is he still doing here? And I think well, the I question think, answers itself. Yeah, I, I think so, too. And I think it's also interesting that probably Barack Obama has spent more time as a result in Washington than has the, uh, the, <laughs> the purported president of the United States, Joe Biden. I mean, he's been on vacation 40% of the time. Uh, we don't have to worry about who's covering, though, because uh, we don't have to worry about Kamala Harris because she is. no one even adds up the time she's spent away from Washington. But it's clear that Obama is, the, uh, is a more than adequate fill-in for uh, President uh, Biden when he is, uh, he's, he's on the seashore. So uh, we always give you the last word. Uh, our guests get the last word every time. And uh, Tom Fitton, we're delighted you uh, spent the spent this time with us and, and enjoyed it thoroughly. Uh, your concluding thoughts, sir? Well, you know, the, uh, to to conclude in the positive direction, uh, we know what to do. We know what the problems are, and you know, voters should act appropriately. You know, and they have to be, and that goes beyond voting. It means letting your elected officials know. Uh, what your concerns are with respect to election integrity, this core corruption issue, this anti-constitutional approach by the Biden administration to governance, uh, you know, because our republic's in crisis, and um, uh, we we just can't, just don't presume that everyone in Congress knows what to do. They need to be told what to do, and they need to be told by their constituents, and they're listening to you now, right now, Lou. Thank you. 
the consent of the governed, still at work in this great yeah. republic. Tom Fitton, as always, great to have you with us. Uh, God bless you. Thank you. God bless you, too. Thank you. Thanks, everybody, for being with us. Coming up on The Great America Show will be Congressman Jim Jordan, ranking member of the House Judiciary Committee. Please join us here tomorrow. Till then, God bless you and God bless America. You know how to book flights and hotels. All you're missing is a tool to plan the travel experiences you'll have once you arrive. That's why you need Viator. Book guided tours, activities, excursions, and more in one place to make your trip truly unforgettable. Viator has over 300,000 travel experiences to choose from. Everything from simple tours to extreme adventures and all the niche, interesting stuff in between. So you can plan something that everyone you're traveling with will enjoy. Real traveler reviews give the inside scoop from people who've already been on the experiences you're considering. So you can plan with confidence. Free cancellation helps you plan for the unexpected. And 24-7 customer support means you can travel worry-free. Download the Viator app now and use code Viator10 for 10% off your first booking in the app. Find travel experiences for you. Do more with Viator.